My name's Jo Wise, and this is Wise Women, the podcast. In my book, I'm a Woman, I quote a Native American proverb which states that the world will know a thousand years of peace when women have healed their hearts. I believe that one way for women to heal their hearts is to share their stories. Just like in ancient times, when our female ancestors would gather at the full and new moons in tune with their cycles to cleanse their experiences together. On this podcast, I'll be asking women from all walks of life to share their stories. Not only to give a voice to the wisdom they discovered during some of their greatest life challenges, but also to remind you of your deepest wisdom too. This is Wise Women. Sharing stories, sharing wisdom. Frauke Behrens describes herself as a fun-loving yoga teacher who lives in Fuerteventura with her two daughters and grandson. However, she hasn't always been as joyous and relaxed as she is today. Many years of her life were spent working long hours as a stressed-out manager at some of the Canary Islands' top hotels and spas. As a single parent of two daughters, back then she thought she could do it all and more. Until she became seriously ill and was diagnosed with a life-threatening lung tumour. Her excruciatingly painful illness forced her to re-evaluate everything in her life. Her job, her home, her finances, her relationships and even her life's purpose. So this is Frauke's story about that tumour and the transformation it inspired. Hi Jo, hi. Thanks so much for joining us. Now we met at a yoga retreat on Foot of Ventura and uh, you were about to become a grandmother at that time. I know your grandson has since arrived, but how has your life changed uh, since he got here and um, since you've stepped into that new generation? Yeah, this little man, this little man showed me another type of love. This is such a profound feeling that it's even difficult to describe. It's not your, it's not like your daughters or like your mom. This is like when you see those blue eyes and he looks at you. I think there is such a deep, deep, deep connection, and it's difficult to describe, but it's, it creates so much happiness when you see them, when you see him, and this little smile changed everything. You could cry when you look in the eyes, and this is being a grandma. Maybe I was not really prepared for being a grandma because it came like a little surprisingly, but wow, yeah, this is, this is my expression. When you see this little man, and now he's walking, he's 15 months, so, yeah, yeah, he touched a certain part of my heart that I didn't know it was there. Wow. Now, you're both a teacher and a student of Kundalini Yoga. And I remember going to your class when I was at the retreat. Everyone was a bit sleepy. It was first thing in the morning. The energy was a little bit flat. I think it, it was one of the first days that we hadn't had any sunshine. But I think by the end of the class, Frauke, you'd made everyone laugh, everyone cry, everyone breathe and connect with themselves and each other. I know we even did ceremonies in the class for two expectant mums. And yeah. I can honestly say I've never been to a class like it. What is that magic that you bring into the room with you? I think the magic is when you do things with passion. When you don't come to teach, when you come to have an experience, and you never expect a result. And this is for me always a surprise. And for me to create happiness in the class and the laughter, uh, it's for me so, so important because I think being happy is our birthright and we really should, 
work on it every day a little bit. And if I am happy, I can make other people happy. This is the, the, the key point of everything because it's not, oh, I'm going to teach a class. I never have done this in my life. I never have done this. It's having really or creating experiences because you have always different souls there, different persons, different expectations as well. And when you see the serious people looking in your face when you start and then you say, <laughs> like early in the morning, look, we start by chanting a mantra and you see the faces. Oh, at the beginning when I started with this uh, many years ago, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I closed my eyes not to see them. And now I like to see when they close their eyes. And this is, and, and then it's the first step is done. And then just, just let flow, go and flow with the people. And sometimes a little, I, for me, it's important to laugh. Well, I always remember one thing that really made me laugh in that class is you've got us all kind of doing some really strange breathing where we had to kind of contort our bodies and our faces. And then you pretended you were going to get your iPhone out and take a picture of all of us. <laughs> I think I think remember yeah when you do like a uh, breath of lion you know with a yes. tongue out that's it yeah, yeah. doggy breath or the breath of lion <laughs> and when I say look if you would see you <laughs> and I take a picture that will make you laugh and of course if people have we have imagination and we can see ourselves you know what I mean so when you sit with a tongue out I think it's the most sexiest pose for a woman <laughs> to sit with a tongue out uh, and then just you know. Oh, yeah, and everybody, everybody gives a little smile. And then things are changing immediately. Yes. Well, I was trying to describe the class to my husband earlier. And the only way I could think of describing it was uh, he's a big Rolling Stones fan. And we were lucky enough to go and see them um, at a stadium concert near us recently. And Mick Jagger has this way of kind of coming on stage and every, almost singing to every single person in the stadium, which is massive, and bringing them into his energy. And I likened that experience to the experience I had with you because, like I say, all these people came in and you instantly kind of calibrated them to your energy and you lifted us all up. And like you say, that's not your, or like you're expressing now, that's not your ego, is it? That's just um, your expression. Uh, no, maybe I had an ego when I was 30, 40. <laughs> we have, I still have ego. We don't have to say this. But it's a more healthy ego. You know what I mean? Yes. But this is when you, when you come in and you feel good. When you come in, you feel good. You like what you're doing. So it's not a job. It's just something that you like. And working with humans. And I think it helps a lot when you wear white dresses. Mm. Wear the little turban. It change completely the energy around you. And this is something that I, I have learned in Kundalini Yoga. It gives you this radiance and it gives you this peace that you need to get in and just be there. And the people receive it. I think the people receive it because I'm not there to talk yeah, things, what you have to do, what you should do, what you, no, just experience, experience. And you see me and my uh, my energetic field, and you feel this. There are days that you don't have this as radiant as you should have. We have all weak moments, but before you come to class, you always work on yourself. And then it's when you just come in and then you go, wow, I'm here. And I think people receive it. People, they, people can, they can smell it. They can, they can even perceive it. Mm. That's so true. That's so true. Uh, Frank, I'm getting the impression, though, that this this presence, this depth that you're sharing today uh, hasn't come easily, though. And that's um, going to lead us into your story today, because uh, you've 
you've gone through quite a battle with illness, haven't you, in the past? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I think as many of us. So it doesn't make me very special. But in this case, I yeah, it, it was life-changing. It was life-changing, completely life-changing. And I'm still on it. I'm still changing again and again and again my life because the only thing that I want in my life is no more stress. Okay, well, you had a lung tumour, didn't you? So can can you take us back to the moment when you found out that you were given that news that you had a lung tumour? Yeah, I, I was I was working in the, in hotels, in five-star hotels in uh, management positions. So imagine how I was, like, uh, high heels and makeup and everything. So, and I, I was stressed. I was absolutely stressed. And there came, I, I became, yes, I was ill. I thought it was a flu, then I thought it was a gripper, then I thought it was bronchitis. And it took us, like, three months of hospital in, hospital out, and pain, 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 pain. And here in Fuerteventura, they don't, they couldn't find anything. So I was in hospitals and they only inject me like painkillers. And um, I was with a mask, oxygen mask, for a week, for two weeks, for three weeks. Then they let me home next week again and next day again in. So I had my, <laughs> I had my personal doctor coming every night home, injecting me like painkillers. So yeah, that was, that was terrible. And then I was, I was... I became yeah less and less and less. So my body really quickly, quickly, quickly. I I was only laying in my bed and had pain, and they couldn't find. And then my doctor and I will never forget this little man, this lovely man. He he was from Cuba, and um, my daughter was working in this medical center as a receptionist. So he came every night, and he took me over. He took me over. He said, "Look, you're gonna die if you stay here." So, and he made it happen that he came early in the morning, he gave me an ejection, and he took me over to the main island, to Tenerife. So we took the plane. I can't remember this. I was very bad in this moment. So a friend of him and he, he took me over with the airplane, and we went straight into the hospital. And in the hospital, you know, sometimes, yeah, sometimes the universe is very helpful, my gynecologist is the owner of this private hospital. And I came in and he was there. He was not even working any longer. He was just there. Wow. And, and then he said, he saw me and he saw me and he said, oh, I had a nickname. They called me Pippi, like Pippi Langstrump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he saw me and he said, oh, Pippi, what are you doing here? You look terrible. So, you know, half an hour later, I was in my room and then I had to call my daughters because they didn't come with me. They were working. And then next morning I had, um, yeah, I don't know, even the, um, the I had a, a test to make. So that was a terrible test that I have ever done. And half an hour later, half an hour later, they told me that I have a lung tumor. So that was all. If I wouldn't have moved, if I wouldn't have those lovely people in my life, yeah, and then I had to wait three weeks, and then I had the huge, huge surgery. I'm a little piece out of my lung, but happily, it was a tumor that it was, there was no need to have um, chemotherapy and radiotherapy. I was only with the oncologist for five years. Yeah, that was that was all. Frank, mm. you, you talked there about the um, 
the worst test you ever had to make. Do you have any memories of that? What happened? Yeah, because they put a huge tube into my nose. Oh, no. In my nose, and it goes back down to my throat into the lung. Oh, my goodness. And that was, <laughs> yeah, that was terrible because they only give you like a little um, a thing to be quiet. So you have to be awake when they do this. And I was sitting there and I was not expecting anything. The doctor was lovely. It was a Saturday morning. He was good looking and he said, all right, so now, <laughs> now we're going to do something that we are not, you don't like it. And I think, all right, so then, then just give me something to sleep. I don't want to have more pain. No, you can't sleep with this. Okay, so I was sitting there and that was, it was only half an hour, but it was terrible to get this tube into the lung and out of the lung. Yeah, that was quite heavy. You talked about having the surgery as well and having the, the tumour removed. So all that pain, all the painkillers and everything you went through physically, how, did, how were you coping emotionally? How did, how did you feel about what was going on? Um, at the moment that they gave me morphine, I was the happiest person in the world because <laughs> I was, yeah, I, I was no longer under pain. Yeah. And I remember always I had a, I had a doctor, the lung surgery, yeah, the, the man who made the surgery for me. Uh, he was an elder man and he was smoking cigars, not even cigarettes. And he came into my room and I was never a smoker. And I think, wow, you smell like you have, and he had this cold cigar in his pocket and I said wow what are you doing he said look I'm smoking for my whole life and I don't have a lung tumor you never smoke and you have a lung tumor so that's a little difference and I will take this tumor away from you and then we will see what's going on so yeah no emotionally terrible terrible because you don't know you don't know and you're waiting for a result and the result, uh, yeah, was something serious because he told me the day after, say, look, we're waiting. I don't know if, it, if it's good, if it's bad. And in this time, Joe, I had my house in Tenerife um, uh, for sale for five years. And it was exactly in this week that my house was sold by oh, an wow. agent. So we had to empty the house. My daughters had to come over now. And then they had to empty the house. And then we, side, we decided... We decided all three just take the photos out and two or three pictures that we had hanging there and the rest they should sell it like it is so we have done it like this so all our all our stuff all our stuff because we was we were living in um, in Fuerteventura but we didn't bring over all what I had in my house I think at the moment that I sell we will empty bring it over to Fuerteventura so we sold it and it was quite good. We left like the past behind. And yeah, and then emotionally terrible because it was a long waiting. But at the same time, I was quiet because I, I was no longer under pain. And for me, pain was the most terrible thing because it was a terrible pain. I can't mm. even describe it. It was like my lungs were electric. And, and each movement were like an electric shock that I had. So yeah, that was, it was terrible. Well, I don't believe, Frauke, that, you know, you become ill for one reason. I think there are lots of reasons why people um, develop illnesses and conditions. But what's really interesting is you're talking about uh, the chap there with the cigars saying, you know, he'd smoked all his life and he didn't get a lung tumour. And you were a non-smoker. Is there, you've obviously reflected on this illness and, and why it came to you. Uh, what reason or reasons have you 
have you come across to explain what happened or can't you? Yeah, and that was um, before the surgery, no, because I was not, uh, it was not my moment to think about. But straight afterwards, once I had the surgery done, uh, there friends of mine, friends of mine brought me a book, brought me a book and it was from Rüdiger Dalke and it was the illness as a path. I just, I just know this in German because it was a German book. Yes. And illness as a path or as a symbol. So, and when they left it on my bedside table, I was plugged in with so many things, and then they left it on my bedside table. You know, first thing that I have done once I opened the book, I couldn't understand anything. I threw it against the window. <laughs> because it was like, you are responsible of what happens with your body. And I think, what the, what is this? So, and I couldn't understand. And next morning, the book was back. So I was not at the moment to read. I couldn't move. It was now. It was was not a good moment. But the book was there and always back there on my bedside table. So yeah, and then I read the book, and then I start to read metaphysical books, and then I start to read more like from uh, from Dwayne oh, Wayne Dyer. No, it was yes. The, yes, yes. So all those books came to my life. All those books, and I say, wow. Now many things make sense. And maybe I should have started earlier. But okay, it's never too late. And then everything changed in my life. Everything changed in my life. It, it, it sounds very strange, but everything. So I don't have my house any longer. I could pay my mortgage on the house here. So financially, I was more or less fine. And then when I came back home, I had to start to walk again. I had to start to eat again. And I had good friends in my life in this time, and they were talking to me for hours, because as I couldn't sleep for hours by nighttime, about metaphysics, about everything more deeper. People, they do tarot. You know, you, start, you try everything then. If you have the right people around, and everybody uh, starts to help me. So, yeah, that was, that was, I think, the first step to start something completely different because when I was, when it was the time to get back to work, I was working here in front in the five-star hotel. I was working um, as a spa manager. You know, the first day that I went into my job and I was sitting on my table, I couldn't go for it. I think this is not longer my place. I can't work here. And I had to go home again. Emotionally, it was terrible. I wanted to go back, and I couldn't because something inside of me was just saying, look, this is not your place any longer. And I was trying to talk to myself. I said, what, is, what should I do now? What should I do? I have to have an income. So, yeah, and then I went home. And then next day I talked to my daughters, and I said, look, girls, I can't go back to work. Oh, fine, mom. Then do what you think that you have to do. I had always the support for my daughters. They were like fabulous and they are still. Yeah, and then I yeah, I finished with my job. <laughs> well, I just finished with my job. Well, so often, Falke, isn't it? Uh, serious illness, serious diseases kind of wake people up to the fact that something in their life has to change. And that sounds like, you know, that happened yeah. for you on a massive scale. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was. It was terrible because I didn't know what to do. You know what I mean? And you have this internal fight, Joe, that you don't know. Look, I have to work because I, I still have my daughters. You know what I mean? I have, I have to pay my bills. 
But at the same time, something internally, and I think I never listened to my inner voice, but this inner voice was there. And it was not a miracle that happens. Oh, look, she's enlightened. No, 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 absolutely not. It was a hard job to get there and to start to listen to these little inner voices say, Frauke, if you go home, you will never, you will never make it. Okay, so this is where your life really changed. And I know you credit Kundalini Yoga for assisting in your recovery. But how did you make the change from the power dressing that you did in hospitality, managing five-star hotels, to wearing white turbans and white robes and teaching things like meditation and mantra? Uh, I, I made a, a huge trail with my mountain bike uh, in Morocco, and I met there two girls from Uruguay. So we met there, and then she called me once she was when, when I was in hospital, and she was talking to my to my daughter, and my daughter said, "No, look, mom can't talk right now, so she's not okay. So tell her to, to call me, and once she's out from hospital, and I called her once I was out, and I say, "Hey, Danny, how are you doing?" And she said, "Come to Uruguay." I said, "No, I'm not. I'm not fine at the moment. Come to Uruguay. You will see." And then I say, "All right, why not?" And I bought a ticket. And I, I was going to Uruguay. And when I met her at the airport, she picked me up. We were sitting in the car and I was listening. She put some music on and I started to cry like a baby. And it was this song from Snatam Kaur. And I said, what is this music coming from? Where is this music coming from? And she said, no, this is, you know, I signed up for a course and it's a Kundalini course. I don't know about nothing, but um, I signed up and you should really go. You should come with me. And I say, what? No, I, I no, 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 no. Leave me in peace. I come here to relax and, and I need to find myself back. Yeah, you will find yourself back if you come with me. And I ask her, I say, how much will be? And she said, like $800. I say, you're crazy. You're $800 for a course. And then she said, I am, I'm paying for you. I'm paying for you. Oh, and wow. then you come with me. I said, all right, let's go for it. So I was crying and then I was vomiting. Everything come together and she had, she had to park the car and I was vomiting. And then I went home there and I had the feeling that Uruguay was my second country. It was my home, my second home. And I met so many people. And there I started my real journey. I went to this course from Kundalini Yoga and we were like black chiefs in the middle of all those white turban people. It was not maybe our moment, but we had an amazing master and he came to us afterwards. He said, look, what are you doing here in this Kundalini Yoga teacher training? Uh, yeah, we don't really know about, you know, but yeah, look, girls, look, girls, take it easy and let it flow and try to enjoy it. And we made this happen after the first two or three days were terrible because food was terrible, all vegan, all vegetarian and, you know, cold water only, four o'clock in the morning, waking up. It was such a stress. And then you didn't understand anything what they're talking about, the multidimensional being. And it was like, wow, where we are. It's like Chinese, everything and chanting the mantra. Everybody knew the mantra. We didn't know anything. So that was my beginning for Kundalini Yoga, and that changed completely all my life. Well, yeah, and you really put down a lot of your recovery, don't you, to Kundalini Yoga and, and passing that on to other people now that want to learn it. And this podcast, um, Frauke, really is 
to share some of the wisdom from your biggest challenges. So, uh, you know, if we take your greatest challenge, which is your lung tumour, what wisdom would you want to share with other women about that now? Obviously, Kundalini Yoga plays a part in that, but uh, I imagine that you gleaned so much wisdom from that whole experience, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm... I'm a completely different person because the people they know me from yeah, for many, many years, I was really a power girl. I was a power girl. I was a spinning teacher. I was working 14 hours per day, blah, 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 blah. So I forgot really who I was because I took all the responsibilities over my shoulders. Yes, mom, dad, kids, job. I can do everything and I can do more. So I was not listening never to myself mm. and I was... I forgot my feminine part, Joe. That was what happened. I forgot that I was a woman. And I forgot that a woman should be, should be something very sacred. And I was not able to see this in, in myself. I could see this in others, but I was not able. And I was too young. Well, it makes sense if you, if you know what I mean. I was too masculine. I was too power. I forgot this creative part inside of me. And this challenge, this challenge really is that now, now, giving myself permission to do nothing sometimes or to just enjoy my own company, this is for me the most challenging. That, that is what I have learned, to respect myself, to try to find myself again because I was lost in my human body. I was completely lost. My mind was like more crazy than everything else, everything else. And I think for me, the biggest challenge is that I'm back to my human nature. I'm mm. back to what I am. And I am, I am a woman and a woman and a woman in love with herself, if this makes sense, without uh, sounding like selfish or crazy. I love my own company. I start to love again my body. And I don't mistreat myself any longer. And this is, for me, the most important thing. And I think this is the first step to happiness. And is, mm. it, is it fair, Frauke, to say this is what you'd like other women to, to learn from your story too? Yes. And I think there is no need to go through a terrible illness to, have, to make this happen. Good. I was going to ask you that. <laughs> that is exactly. But I think for me it was a difficult way to wake up. But it was a huge wake-up call. And I, now, wow, look, now I understand that we are a soul and a human body. You know what I mean, and a physical body. And um, you should take care of yourself because nobody else will take care of yourself as you should do with yourself. And that was something that we always think that, oh, look, no, we are not deserved for this because we are here, we have a job and we have to work and we have to do. And sometimes circumstances in life, I don't say that everybody is the same. But circumstances in life don't give you permission to change. But at the end, at the end, it's all like um, if you want to change your life, if you really want to go for it, then you should do it. And there is no excuse about mortgage or cars or family or whatever. Just I think as a woman, as a woman, I'm talking as a woman, if you are not happy, change something. Because unhappiness makes makes us ill. So for me, the stress factor and this unhappiness, this is quite, quite related to each other. It's for me, it was like this point to say, look, wow, 
And happiness now, Joe, happiness now is sitting outside my little terrace that I painted like light blue color and have my cappuccino in the morning after having done my meditation. And I don't say I'm a sand now and I meditate every day. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm a normal human person. And I like to have a cold beer sometimes in evening hours with friends. You know what I mean? So it's not that I'm over everything. I'm, I'm on earth now. I'm on earth, but I enjoy. I enjoy every moment uh, with such a big thing that's gratefulness. Yeah. Wow. And gratefulness. And I think this gratefulness is this bigger picture when you, when you realize that the journey in life is here on earth. It's uh, depending on the time, depending on the timing, and depend how you want to live your life. And I just don't want to repeat any more these moments of suffer and illness and pain. If it will come, I will accept this as no other thing that's happened. But um, yeah, I can make changes sometime. But I try to prevent. I try to avoid that this happens. And how can I do this? Just living my life as happy, as happy as I can every day. Yeah, wow. Frauke, there's so there's so much wisdom in your answer. You're talking about acceptance. You're talking about gratitude. Yeah. Um, you're talking about coming back to yourself as a woman as well and just, you know, not living your life um, in a masculine way, you know, to find that balance again. So there's so much wisdom in, in that answer for other women to listen to. And I can't thank you enough for sharing you know, such a personal story with us today. I know so many women are going to benefit from listening to it. Before you go, though, Frauke, I've got three quicker questions to ask you um, that I ask every woman that appears on this podcast, just to find out a little bit more about about you. Um, the first question is, and you touched on it actually in your story earlier, which song reminds you or sums up the challenge that you faced? Yeah, it was... I, I can't remember really the song, but it was the singer, the singer, it was Snatam Kaur. And Snatam Kaur, she's a Kundalini, she's a Kundalini uh, yoga teacher as well, but she is an angel, she has an angel voice. And she touched me, and her name is Snatam Kaur. It's S-N-A-T-A-M, and then Kaur, it's K-A-U-R, Snatam Kaur. Okay, so if you do a search on that on YouTube, you'll be able to find it. But would that yeah, have been... Yeah, she has like 15 albums. Brilliant. And each one, they are all mantras. All what she's singing is mantras, all the pauris, the, the, the poems that we use in Kundalini Yoga. And it's, it's, it's strange, you know, how music can bring you to something. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about the mantras. Is Would that have been one of the mantras that you taught us in the class that day? It, the lyrics were something like, "You, um, I am the light of my... I am the light of, of, of the soul, yes. yes. Oh, I am the light of my soul. Yes, she she sings this as well, but it's a different version. But she has this as well. Can, yes. you, can you just recite those lyrics? You don't have to sing, but can you recite the lyrics for me? Uh, this is, I am the light of the soul. I am bountiful. I am beautiful. I am bliss. I am, I am. <laughs> that gives me yeah. goosebumps when you say that it really does okay next question which female it can't be a relative which female in history myth legend or present day do you admire the most uh look i i think maybe you're waiting for another answer joe but for me the four girls that open her heart and her houses in uruguay 
changed my life completely. And that's where you started your Kundalini journey. This is, yeah, as yeah. well. I started everything in Uruguay. Oh, the whole change of my life started in Uruguay, really. And I think those four girls, those four girls, they are my very best friends now. And um, yeah, they, they made this happen. And I admire them because they open heart and house, you know, heart and door and everything. And they are very, very, very special women. I feel like, Farka, we need to say their names. Oh, it's, yeah, <laughs> Daniela. Daniela, she brought me over to Uruguay. And then her very best friends, it's uh, Graciana, Julia, Elena, and Gabriela. Well, and you know something? I go to Brazil next month to meet them after three years that we haven't, that we haven't seen. So you see, there is a lovely friendship going on. And we meet in Brazil. <laughs> to get together and to be friends, nothing more. Well, fantastic. I really hope they hear this podcast and they hear about the impact that they've made on your life and in turn the lives of people like me who have been to your classes and benefited from everything that, you know, they open the door for you to experience. Um, and finally, Falke, last question. What book would you or have you gifted the most? Oh, you know, and this is very crazy when I say this now. But I have it in front of me. I have it in front of me. And when you gave it to me, it was such a special moment as well for me. Because and this is your book, Joe. It's and my I'm, book. Wow. Yeah, I have it always here on my table. So I wouldn't say this in, if it wasn't true. You know me now. I, I, I'm not doing this now because, no, oh, this is just because it's you. I love this book. Because this is really, this is, I'm a woman and your highest calling. And this is exactly what I have experienced. And when you gave me, when you gave me this book and uh, I asked you to, to dedicate it, you know what I mean? And I have it here. And everybody who's coming in, into my little apartment now, and this is such a beautiful, because first, because it's the same color than my table <laughs> and it's on my table, but everybody's like, oh, that's a beautiful little booklet. Every day, every day when you open it, there is something new that you discover and all what you have written there and you find different things in each phrase and each text. And this is what I like. So this is an easy book, but so deep. I love this book. Okay, so it's my book, which is called I Am A it's Woman, Your, your Highest Calling, um, and you can pick it up on Amazon. And Frauke, I'm, I'm so honoured that it means so much to you. And I know, again, just going back to that yoga, yoga class um, I was in with you, we were doing meditations, we were doing mantras and breathing, and you just kept saying the words, I am, I am, I am. And I just asked that inner voice inside, which you were talking about earlier, you know, do I need to give this book to Frauke? And I'd for some reason, I bought one copy with me in my suitcase. And by the end of the class, I thought, OK, I need to give you this book. Um, so that's why it's in your in your uh, possession today. But thank you so much for everything. Thank you for this chat as well. It means so much. And I just I hope I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that one day we our paths will cross again. I think so. I think for some reason we are connected, my dear, for some <laughs> reason. And I'm very grateful for this chat. For me, it means a lot. And maybe it's the step to write down as well my little history. This is only a little tiny part of my huge history. And I think I should write it down. I and do. All yeah, I do. Think, yes, I think I should write things down. Only maybe just to, um, just to make a funny book. 
with a deep background as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think this is a nudge for you to do that, Falka. So get writing. And thank you again for the chat. It's been amazing. Thank you. And a big hug, a big warm hug from my heart. And you are, and I am. <laughs> <laughs> bye, Falka. Thank you. Bye, bye, my dear. Bye. I'm Jo Wise, and you've been listening to Wise Women, the podcast. You can follow Wise Women on Instagram, Facebook, and the website www.wisewomen.org.uk. Remember, wise is spelt with a Y. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I look forward to you joining me next time for another Wise Women episode.